Welcome to Element City Church, you guys. My name is Matt Warnstead. I'm the student director here. Yeah. Uh, could you guys just give it up for our e-kids real quick? Up here singing. And could you give it up for Michael up here doing announcements? That was awesome. So, as you could maybe tell, tonight's service is a little bit different. Uh, we at Elmhurst City Church, we just really believe in the next generation. We believe in uh, what they could teach us and what we could teach them. Um, and to my left right here, my right if you're facing me, uh, is Lakin and Riley. Uh, they are two of our East students graduated seniors from last year, uh, which means they've been hanging out with me for like at least the last four years. Um, and within that is, is camp stuff that they went and done, and a lot of you guys out there have helped support them in that. So I just wanted to take some time tonight, uh, ask them some questions about camp so that you guys could get a feel of what it is you're supporting. You can see how it's impacted their lives uh, and see where they're, where they're going with it. Are you guys ready? Is your mic working? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's working. Cool. All right. So first of all, since you guys are graduated seniors, what uh, are your guys' plans now that you're out of high school? Where are you guys going to college? What are you doing with your lives? Okay. Well, I'm not sure what I'm doing with my life. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I'm going to major in marketing and advertising and minor in sports management. Hi, guys. My name is Lakin, and I will be staying in town and going to the U of A in the fall. And I will be majoring in speech, language, and hearing sciences to be a speech pathologist. So, well, That's awesome, you guys. Thanks for sharing. So on to the stuff about camp. The first question I have um, for Riley, what is the most important thing about camp to you? Well, there's a couple things that I think are really important about camp, and uh, the first thing is that it's difficult for us as like teenagers to be coming to a church, and most of the time we're coming with like a family member, so they're having us come here, right? So it's hard to find a time to really like step out in our own faith and say that this is something I want to invest my time into and so camp gives us a way to do that because you're really choosing that you want to go spend a whole week somewhere else have a lot of fun and like learn more about God and ultimately decide if this is something you want to continue pursuing God or not and then another thing that I think is really important about camp is getting to know other people and other people in your youth group because that's how I became really close to Lakin especially and then other people in our youth group um, and this year Mark and Margot Bertram took us and 
I was in Margot's small group, and I wasn't that close with her here at church. We kind of like knew each other, but that was it. And I think we got like really grew in our relationship at camp, and so that was really important just to keep growing in relationships with God and with other people. Thanks, Riley. Lakin, you have anything else you want to add to that? That was good. That was good. All right, she handled it. So just a little detail about the camp they go to. You guys saw it a little bit in the video, uh, which was made by Caden, who's one of the students uh, that went with us. So a cool thing about it is, like, legit, it's 2,000 other high school students getting together to worship and praise God. Like, it's cool. Throughout the week, they have little, like, stations that they could go to where, like, if they accept God into their life, they're able to go press this button and, like, it makes a noise or, or a light or something that, like, just lets everybody know that, like, this is a student that just accepted Christ into their life. So, like, it's, I think that's really cool. Um, question number two, Lakin, are you ready? I did not prepare them for these questions at all. Uh, question number two, what did you learn about this year at camp, Lakin? Okay, well, the theme of our camp this year was uh, the story of Elijah, and it talked about all the things that he went through in First Kings 18 through 19, and just how he struggled with trusting God and doubting God and coming back into the light. And what I got from that was that God is after your whole heart, not just part of it. And I think a lot of us tend to give God part of our heart and not our whole heart, and that we need to be rooted in his truth in order to live it out. And so those are the things that I got away from camp and that I got away from the story of Elijah, is that when he was in that cave in his darkness, and it's our job, we need to t trust God and step out of our cave into the light. And so with that is what I learned from at camp. Awesome. Riley, you have anything you want to add to that? I thought that was great. <laughs> I thought that was great, too. <laughs> Um, Riley, question number three. What do you think people have handed down to you over the years, and what's helped you grow towards a relationship with Christ in your life? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is something that happened at camp last year, so not this year, but the year before. Um, and basically, we we're working our way through First John, and First John 4.18 says, Perfect love casts out all fear. So that's like one verse that I think people at that camp really handed down to me that has been like with me from for the whole past year and like uh, dealing with my fears and like my fears about, I don't know, I mean college is a big thing, so there's some fears in that, but like with God's perfect love, like I don't need to be afraid because it's all going to be fine. And then another thing that... I, people have passed down to me are about how important community is. And I know we talk about that a lot at this church, but it really is super important. Um, at our church, we have a great small group and I have great small group leaders, and like that community is really, really important to me. And they've helped me through a lot of different situations that have happened in my life, and just it just kept me like focused on God and not letting my emotions get the best of me, but focusing on how, I don't know, God wants me to see things. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, 
I phrased that question with the words handed down because at camp, one of the big themes of it as well was uh, when Elijah passed down his prophetship, prophetness, I don't know what to call it, uh, to Elisha. Um, so tonight you'll be seeing um, we have this baton that we're passing around and it kind of signifies the whole fact of of Elijah passing the baton down to Elisha, which is what, what uh, we want to do with the next generation. And it's cool that you mentioned the leaders uh, that have impacted your life because we have, I think we have some of the best student leaders uh, for e-students. We have the Oakers, the Donderwitzes, uh, the Bertrams. Uh, I know Ricky is, is wanting to get involved now that he's back in town. So uh, yeah, give it up for them. They do a really great job of loving on our kids and um, just, just showing them who Christ is. So it's really cool. Uh, question number four for Lakin. Hey. hey. Uh, what does passing the baton look like to you now that you're out of high school? All right. Well, for me, I think that I'm going to find specific people to invest in and help journey life with and pour into them and give the Jesus in me to the Jesus in them and to just help journey through that and show them that like some of the mistakes that I made and be like, hey, maybe not, maybe not. Just help them with that and how to focus on Jesus through, I think, some of the most crucial periods of our life. That's awesome. Uh, and also you've had influencers and role models throughout your school years, but what's your next steps now that you're going to college? What are you planning to do with your faith uh, now that you're in college? All right, well, um, I have a tendency to lean more towards fear and anxiety. So my prayer has been for this coming up school year to walk in victory because we have a God of triumph and he's already won the battle, so why not walk like he has one. So the verse that I actually picked for that was John 16, 33, was I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And that's how I want to walk into this school year is because I am a loved child of God who's going to walk in the victory that he has already won. Amen to that. It's cool. At, uh, at camp they also talked about um, Elijah, he went and hid in a cave from God after like God had this big victory in his life where he destroyed these worshipers of uh, Baal, 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 Baal. <laughs> and then uh, something happened and then Elijah went and like hid in a cave and God's like, what are you doing? Like I just did this for you and what are you doing? Like you don't have to sit in your fear. Like I'm your God, I'm huge, I'm big, I'm bigger than your problems and all that stuff and uh, I think as you guys are going off into college and, and doing that, that's a good thing to remember. Like, and then even as you're hiding in your cave, like we have a God who, for Elijah, he started to destroy the mountain to get into the cave with, with him. Like for Jonah, we have a God who sent a storm after him so that he could be found and that he could uh, hear God's voice and see God's character. So I think as you guys go into college or going into these unknowns and this life and all this stuff, like that's things that you need to remember. I think that's really cool. Um, so yeah, that's all the questions I have for you guys. Do you guys have any last words you want to add? No. <laughs> no.
Sweet. I just want to say thank you guys for supporting us financially and spiritually because I don't think you guys realize how much of an impact camp actually has on a lot of our lives. So two or three years ago when I went to camp, that's when I decided to give my life to Christ. And since that point on, your prayers and your financial help to get us to there, I think has been exponentially helpful because without you guys, we wouldn't get to experience Jesus in a whole new way. And so I want to thank you. Very true. Thank you, Lakin. I know I could say it, but it's definitely different coming from you guys. You guys are a different voice, and it's really for you guys that they do it. So, thanks. Um, which one of you guys wants to pray? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I just had to scare them a little bit. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, before we pray, we're going to have a so we have them doing the interview. Next, we're going to have some students come up. Um, you might have saw Elijah over on keys. Caden's uh, going to be in the back on the cajon. And then McKenna's going to be rocking out on the cello up here. Yeah. So just a heads up for what you guys have coming up. All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for... Uh, these teenagers who have taught me just as much as um, I've taught them. They've poured into me just as much as I poured into them, Father. And uh, I just thank you for the last years that I had with them in my life. Uh, I pray that it continues, uh, that our relationship just continues to build and uh, be strong for you, Father. So I pray for uh, the students coming up just now to play, that you give them uh, the words and the hands and the energy and just the spirit to be able to um, love on you through music and just lead us in a little bit of worship. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. For you. Our living hope is in you and in nothing else. And so we lift up every single generation represented here. You have more to do in and through us, and we want to be a church that in every generation is leading out as you lead us forward. And so we ask your blessing over our kids and over our students. We ask your blessing over our families, over our seniors. God, would you move in ways in each generation and each life represented here? We ask for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today, obviously, we're highlighting our next generation ministries in our e-kids and e-students particularly and, and really in all aspects. And I just want to say thank you on behalf of the staff of just how wonderful it is to work with you as a church that throughout the years that we've done uh, the potato bar dinner and we said, hey, we need scholarships to send kids to camp. And like everybody came and ate potatoes and just gave money. And you were able, like the video you saw earlier, some of those lives invested in those lives just because you had potatoes and you gave money and you helped make that happen through fall retreats and you invest in our kids and we are incredibly grateful for that. We're incredibly grateful to partner together to do that because it matters. The church of today must always, always, always invest in the church of tomorrow. 
The church is always, it's this movement of Jesus is always one generation away from extinction. That's the reality of it. And what Jesus gave to his disciples and said, you've got to tell other people, you've got to go and make disciples. We are all in the basking in the beauty of that, that someone came and reached you. And so for thousands of years, this has happened, and we see it all throughout Scripture. And so as a church, we are committed to being a multi-generational church. We want to be that. We think Jesus smiles at that. And so that means it's challenging at times. That means it's an invitation to invest in times, and it's important for us to do that, that the church of today must always invest in the church of tomorrow. In fact, we just finished uh, the summer in the Psalms, and whether you were with us or not, maybe if you weren't with us this summer, we kind of did that. I don't know if you caught it in Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is literally all about the passing of the baton of faith from one generation to the next. It's literally this description of how you go about doing that. And over and over, it's this practice. In verse, uh, verse four, it says this, we will not hide uh, them from uh, their descendants. We will, fe- uh, we will f- tell this next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and his wonders that he has done. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn will tell their children and they will put their trust in God. It's this baton that's passed from one generation to the next. Now, I don't know if you were like me and ran track in high school. (laughs) For anyone who knows me, you're like, dude, you don't look like, I didn't, okay, I just made that up, okay? I avoid running, okay? So I don't run track, okay? Some of you, how many of you ran track in high school or middle school? How many of you just ran because someone was chasing you? Okay, that's when I run, okay? Or if I'm chasing a ball, you know, in sports or something like that. But uh, it's interesting, this passing of the baton is important. And I want to highlight just three things quickly tonight. Uh, The one is, as you race, anyone get excited about the Olympics every four years next year? I get excited about this. And to see these elite athletes, I've had the chance to to know a couple who are on track and, and to see the precision of what they do is unbelievable. And so you, maybe you get excited like I do with the, the relay race, and you realize that what's important about runners and sprinters who are in track and running these relay races, and that the most vital thing they have is this. Here's what you won't see next summer. You won't see sprinters running down the track to hand a chicken wing to their partner as they begin to take off and the next sprinter, right? That won't happen. You've got to have an authentic baton that's given to you at the beginning of the race. Here's the takeaway. Friend, in order for us to be a church that passes on a faith and the baton of faith to the next generation, you've got to have an authentic faith. It's just got to be real for you. Like, you have to own that. You can't manufacture and pass on a chicken wing, Okay. This is not chicken wing faith. This is about an authentic baton of faith that says, look, this is about Jesus and him alone. And it's about me having an authentic relationship with him and growing in him and having a faith that, hey, apart from Jesus, I got nothing going for me. But with him, I can do all things. That through his grace and his love, I'm brought in that I can have life with God through faith in Jesus. That's my entry level. It's not my skill set. It's not my abilities. It's not my talents. Those are nice things and they're gift to me. 
but it's about faith in Jesus. It's about having an authentic walk where you walk this out the best you know how in the moments that you're in, and you learn along the way, and you grow and you stay open. Listen, if you're not dead, you're not done. Okay, so it's this idea that it's this continual growth of faith. Every single one of us has next steps with Jesus, whatever generation you're in. Now, I know for some, you may be searching out faith, and for some of you, you may kind of push back and say, well, I've seen faith in action, and what I've seen is a lot of hypocrisy and a lot of things that that grind against me. And listen, that's fair, because that happens. It happens in my own life. It happens in each of our lives. And that's why authentic faith counts. It's what matters. It's this idea of saying, I've got to pass along an authentic faith that when I fail or when I have to learn again, that I own that and that you do too. And so every step of the way, it's about growing an authentic faith of saying, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to be more and more like you. And I got a lot of edges that you got to chip off and kind of break apart. And every single person here has that. And so for some of you who may be kind of pushing back against an authentic faith, it's because maybe you've seen a plastic faith. And you've said, that's it. And I'm here to tell you that's not it. Because that's not Jesus. If you want to know what God's like, get to know Jesus. And just look at his life and look at the people who are trying to model their life after him and follow him. People that you heard from tonight of incredible young ladies who are beginning to live that out. Of kids who have this authentic faith that we get to see glimmers of. So it's about passing on an authentic faith. It's also about being intentional with that. Do you know there's an exchange zone in running track? I don't know this. Again, I didn't run track. I looked it up, okay? You can Google it too. This exchange zone is 65.6 feet, 20 meters. And the baton has to pass to the hands of the next person in that window of space. If not, it's default and they're out of the race. So you only have an exchange zone. And what we see in the Olympics and what we celebrate is that exchange going well. We've seen it go bad too. And what you see is that particular zone and that particular handoff of what you don't see is the thousands of times it's been practiced before that particular moment. See, sometimes in parenting, it can feel overwhelming. You feel like I gotta make this faith exchange and it's gotta happen and sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to say this is the moment. No, no, no. This is about learning to be intentional in thousands of moments. And then when the handoff is made, it's about cheering your kids forward in thousands of more moments. This isn't about one moment in time. This is about seizing intentional moments a long time. And as you go, I love what Deuteronomy says this. It's the great Shema that the people of Israel would know. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. This was given to them as they came out of uh, Egypt with thousands of gods. And they said, no, no, God is one. It's one only. It's him. You're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. We're going to kind of look at this and how Jesus picks this up in a few weeks from now in a series we're doing. And then he says to parents, to the generation that's trying to pass this faith on to the next, he says this, these commands I give you today are to be on your hearts, meaning authentic faith. It's to be a part of you. 
Impress them on your children. Talk about them. Tie them as symbols. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your heart. Action-oriented terms. Intentional investment. Some of you have kids. You need to practice this, and you are. And I'm proud of you for doing that. Keep doing it. It's about a thousand moments of being intentional, the best you know how, and the moments you're in. For some of you, you don't have kids. But listen, tonight, you're surrounded by kids. So you do have kids. It's about you investing in the hearts of our kids and the kids we're trying to reach and their friends and making room in your heart to say, I care as one generation to impart into the next generation because this is the mission Jesus has given me and I'm a part of it. And so you're invited to make that a part of what you do. We see it not only in the Old Testament but also in the New as the Apostle Paul writes to one of his favorite protégés, Timothy, you've heard of him, he writes this, 2 Timothy chapter 1, I am reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded lives in you also. There's this lineage of faith that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I grew up thinking you needed to have a dire testimony to be cool. And I was like, well, I've never done drugs. Uh, I guess I don't have a testimony. No, no, no. I have a lineage of faith that's a part of the story of the Shoals and the Shreffords that goes back generations. That's history. That's your history for some of you. For others, God intervened and intersected and changed your story overnight. And that is an incredible story. And you now get to build the lineage of faith for your family moving forward. One generation to the next, passing this baton of saying, as a church, we must always have this focus. We cannot lose sight of it. We must invest our time and our energy, our efforts, our resources into the next generation because it matters. It's mission critical. It's important. We want to be a multi-generational church now and forever and for always. It means that we will make decisions that promote and nurture that. Listen, listen. It also means that sometimes we, of an older generation, will sacrifice some preferences in order to promote the mission Jesus has given us. That's important. Is that challenging? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. Why? Because we want to be a church that passes the baton of faith. You want to be that. You want to be that kind of person. I know you. And so it, the church is reminding, look, it's not always about me. It's not always about you. It's about the mission of reaching people who are not here yet. It's about reaching people that are connected to you that you know need God in their life and need his love and his grace to intervene and to intersect their life. It's about reaching the next generation and empowering them. We want to be a place and a people that pass on an authentic faith that are intentional about it, seizing thousands of moments to invest before the faith is passed and after cheering them forward. And it's also about realizing that how you run a race is one step at a time. How you win or how you lose, you each have to take a step, and that's the important part for us, is we each have a next step with Jesus, always and forever. 
And so for some of you who are maybe uh, a part of kind of this transition of church, some of you who have maybe been here for a while, here's my simple question for you tonight. A, in your mind, can you put it on your radar to care about the next generation? Can you help us and link arms with us to say, we will care, we will invest, we will cheer, and we will celebrate? If you can say yes to that, then say yes to that in your mind. Say, I'm committed to that. The second question is, what's your next step? For some of you, that may be, hey, I'm kind of coming back around church, and this is all kind of new. Okay. Maybe your next step is just kind of getting a Bible or going to YouVersion and getting a Bible reading plan and just kind of getting into God's Word. And just, if you want to hear from God, part of that is just reading what He has written to say, I will meet you here. And being open to that. Maybe Bible study or just reading the Bible has been something that you've done like for a sprint. You did it for three days. You're like, wow, that's amazing. And then a year went by. Well, maybe it's just saying, hey, how can I do a pattern? Like, how can I get this more of a habit in my life? For some of you, it's you've been at church for a long time. But you've never used your skills and your abilities and your talents to contribute to the mission of the church. We got tons of E-teams around here that we love for you to partner with. We challenge people, hey, give up one Sunday a month to set the table for everybody else and, and serve in a way. Use your talents and skills and abilities to make a difference. We do a food distribution twice a month. You know what has to move the food from the boxes to the table? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Like Literally, raise your hand. It's your hands. Like, you literally need hands. There's no pixie dust to this, okay? This is literally people. And so if you've never gone to that, then maybe in the next couple months, that's your challenge. That's your next step. Go. Like, it's in the app. We know, you know where they, how to get to it. Maybe that's a simple way. Maybe it's joining an e-group and being a part of community. We talk a lot about here that the surrounded life is not as good as the connected life. And so being connected where you can help sharpen one another, maybe it's that, maybe it's helping start a new one, maybe it's new initiatives that we haven't even dreamed of yet, that you have a heart for, and that God might take us on a journey of discovering that. What's your next step? Because we want to be a church that is always passing the faith to the next generation. We want to pass an authentic faith. We want to be intentional about how we do it. And we want to remember that every single one of us has a next step. And so what is that? I'm gonna invite you as I pray, as we get to a time of communion, as we celebrate with a couple more songs here with our whole team leading us. What's your next step? What's God nudging in your heart to say, I need to take a step in that? Maybe you're brand new and just like showing up to a, a discovery class that we have tonight or in the future months, like that's your next step. Maybe going to the 10 minute party, maybe just saying, hey, I'm gonna go serve somewhere. Or I'm going to begin to discover how I can do that. Here's the beauty. Is that the baton of faith that Jesus brought, he handed it to his disciples. And they took it and ran with it. And they handed it to the next generation and to the next and to the next and to the next until finally it hit your hand. And for some of you, you remember that moment. For some of you, it's been a part of your story. You just kind of fell into it. It's been around. It's grown up with you. Listen, that's a story too. It's a lineage of faith. And so, Father, that's what we pray for tonight. As we move toward a space of taking communion, we remember the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. 
that Jesus, you weren't someone content with just saying, I'm gonna shout instructions from afar. But you put on a body and you came and you said, I'm gonna show you the best possible way to live. I'm gonna show you how you can have life with God through faith in me. And so as we take communion, as we pause and think, as we remember your sacrifice, we lean into you. God, would you nudge each one of us here? This tonight or into this next week, what's our next step with you? To grow an authentic faith, that takes intentionality. It takes, it takes some effort in that, not because we're trying to earn your love, but because we've been saved by your grace. But it takes some intentionality, some invite into partnering with you. How can we invest in this church? How can we invest in the movement you're doing here in Midtown? God, would you nudge each one of us what our next step might be? We thank you that you took each step to the cross and that more importantly, you took each step out of the grave, making a way that through faith in you, we can have life with the Father.